Shalom from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to Conversations with Yael podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each month, I will invite leading thought leaders, pastors, rabbis, and other influential guests to discuss the importance of Israel in the world today. For those familiar with my weekly podcast, Nourish Your Biblical Roots, which explores the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, this podcast takes that understanding and translates it into ongoing support for Israel among Christians and the critical need to nurture that support with the next generation of Christians. Join me now as we begin this important dialogue. My guest today needs no introduction other than his name. I am so proud and honored beyond words to have on the podcast Benjamin Bibi Netanyahu, the newly elected Prime Minister of Israel. As Israel's longest serving Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu has served the country and people he loves for his entire adult life. He was the first Prime Minister to have been born in Israel after it declared independence in 1948, and he proudly served from 1967 to 1972 in the elite Special Forces Unit of the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, known as the UNIT. A graduate of MIT, he was appointed as Israel's ambassador to the UN from 1984 to 1988, and then was elected to parliament as a member of the Likud party in 1988, launching his resilient political career. He served as prime minister from 1996 to 1999 and from 2009 to 2021. He has worked with three U.S. presidents and led the brokering of one of the most groundbreaking peace agreements with four of Israel's Arab neighbors in the historic Abraham Accords in 2020. Being a non-political organization, the fellowship has enjoyed 40 years of working with various governments across the political spectrum and have enjoyed a long working relationship with governments led by Prime Minister Netanyahu in the areas of Aliyah, helping Jews immigrate to Israel from around the world, poverty and security. And we look forward to continuing that relationship with Prime Minister Netanyahu once again in the months and years ahead. For the past year, the Prime Minister turned his attention to the writing of his memoir, Bibi, My Story. It's a fascinating look into Benjamin Netanyahu's life, relationships, politics, achievements, failures, and what he still hopes to accomplish. And I was so impressed to learn that you wrote the book longhand over nine months. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, welcome to the podcast. I am so honored that you're spending your precious time talking to me and our listeners. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure being with you. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about your memoir. I have to tell you that our board of directors recently met in Israel for the first time in 40 years, and they landed in Tel Aviv from all over the world, Jews and Christians, rabbis and pastors, religious and secular. And I have to admit, I was a little bit nervous about how it would go and how everyone would get along from all of these diverse backgrounds. When they got off the plane, they already had something in common. They were all reading your book. So I knew we were off to a great start. Well, uh, I recommend that for every uh, traveler to Israel. Okay. (laughs) You can read it without getting on a plane, although I hope you will after you read it. Yes, yes. Well, that leads to my question, Mr. Prime Minister. What do you hope that your readers of this book from all diverse backgrounds will learn about Israel and be inspired to do after they read your book? I think the story of Israel is a parable uh, for, for humanity, for all the nations, because you know, if the Jewish people could come back from the dead, 
uh, if we could reconstitute uh, our life and our ancient homeland after uh, which we, we established 3,500 years ago. Jerusalem was declared our capital by King David 3,000 years ago. And we clung to our land and finally lost it after a succession of empires uh, conquered it, ultimately dispossessed us. And we were flung to the far corners of the earth, yet generation after generation, uh, Jews prayed next year in Jerusalem, next year in Jerusalem. And finally, um, in, a, in an effort that defies imagination and defies history, we came back, rebuilt our national life and our independence in our ancient homeland, the land of Israel, uh, turned Israel into a power among the nations, the startup nation, uh, a powerful nation that is able to defend itself and became the bastion of Western civilization, of Judeo-Christian civilization in the heart of the Middle East. Uh, I describe the transformation of Israel uh, under uh, successive governments that I led from a semi-socialist economy to a free market economy, uh, from uh, an isolated country to a country that accomplished four historic peace agreements with four Arab countries recently. Uh, that's, that says that if Israel, if the Jewish people can ford this raging river between virtual annihilation and salvation, then there's hope for all humanity, for all people. And I, I think that's, the, that's what people glean in Israel, the, the inspiration of the realization of, uh, frankly, of biblical prophecy, the ingathering of the exiles, the rebirth of Israel. This is something that uh, that is an inspiring story for everyone. And I weave my own personal story as a, as a soldier in a special unit, uh, as a diplomat, uh, as a statesman and a political leader with the story of Israel. Uh, and I think people will glean a lot of uh, insights from it. Uh, and from my own life, which is a life of purpose. The purpose was how to assure the security, prosperity, and permanence of the one and only Jewish state. If you're looking for a life of purpose, I think you'll glean a lot of insight from the from my book. Amazing. And I could also uh, attest to that after reading that I was a little bit intimidated by how long it was. But the truth is, I sat down and finished it in two sittings. So it was very uh, engaging. And I love how you started your answer referring to Ezekiel's the dry bones that came to life prophecy and in integrated the ingathering of the nations of the Jewish people from all four corners of the earth. And um, it's something that uh, throughout your book, both the practical and the modern, along with the historic, just comes to life in such an inspiring way. So thank you so much. You alluded to many of the peace agreements, and you've had so many different relationships, both with three American presidents and world leaders, all with very different personalities. Could you tell us a little bit about your secret of how you somehow managed to get along, um, inspire, and uh, create effective strategic relationships with such diverse leaders? Well, first of all, we have to understand that the alliance between America and Israel is first an alliance between peoples. The overwhelming majority of Americans see in Israel uh, really a, a, a forward bastion, really, of Western civilization in the heart of the Middle East. Uh, and they see it not merely in terms of national interest, but is in terms of common interests, common values. Uh, you know, it, this is the original promised land. America was created as the new promised land, hmm. the new Jerusalem. Well, I'm speaking to you from the original Jerusalem right now from our Knesset, our parliament. Uh, and that is uh, uh, something that creates 
a bond that is that uh, goes i would say that is above uh, and below everything it is mm. the connecting glue uh, and so when we when i had arguments and i did i had differences of opinions with american presidents that's inevitable but it, as we say it was arguments in the mishpocha that means in the family you know you have arguments in your family right you do but it's in the family uh, and you it doesn't uh, shatter these powerful bonds uh, but you know when i needed to uh, take a stand on things that i thought would endanger the survival of israel i did it including on the dangerous iran deal i didn't lightheartedly go to a joint session of congress challenging uh, president obama's uh, position uh, favoring this deal which i thought would pave iran's path with gold to a nuclear arsenal so I thought about it a lot and I described my my dilemma because I respected President Obama even though I disagreed with him uh, and it wasn't a simple thing to go into the lion's den but I did it because I thought the survival and future of my country was at stake uh, so there have been uh, periods of disagreement areas of disagreement but there is an area of agreement uh, of uh, a common bond of uh, uh, of values and also of interest. Israel provides enormous intelligence to America. It saved many American lives. And by the way, the lives of the citizens of many nations uh, against terrorist attacks, dozens and dozens of terrorist attacks. And Israel also is the bulwark in the Middle East that prevents uh, Iran that chants death to Israel and death to America. We're the small Satan in their way to the great Satan, which is the United States. So Israel holds the Middle East together without Israel, the Middle East would have collapsed to Iranian aggression. So there is a bond of values and a bond of interest. And Americans and American presidents recognize that. And that's how you overcome things. Uh, different personalities are interesting. I describe them. I describe my conversations, some backroom uh, diplomacy and, uh, uh, and um, events that are perhaps in some cases could be quite startling to people. But... They're uh, done all in the context of this family, family of nations, Israel and the United States. Beautiful. World leaders are people too, with real relationships, but a deeper interest that's not only for yourself, but for your entire country. And every relationship is deeply rooted in that. That's correct. That's absolutely correct. Beautiful. One of my favorite photos um, is where uh, the Archbishop Desmond Tutu of Blessed Memory and the Dalai Lama are laughing and singing and dancing. Um, of all the people that you've met and different leaders, individuals that you have experienced and been on their turf as prime minister, do you have any really funny memories or really fun memories that maybe could relate to that uh, image I have in my head of just two world leaders, obviously, like you said, Mr. Prime Minister, with the deeply rooted uh, values of doing what's best for your country, but also just on a human level, having fun and enjoying? Well, yeah, and I describe a few of them, but, um, yeah. uh, you know, each person is different and, uh, and I'm different too. Uh, and so you have to and we're not people without egos, so you have to, uh, sometimes you step on other people's uh, uh, turf, on other people's uh, 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 egos. Uh, and uh, I, I, I described that. I did that a couple of times, and I, uh, not uh, not maliciously, not deliberately, but then you realize, you know, you could have given a little more uh, room. Grace. For the other <laughs> you know, just 
you know, I, I'm generally very courteous and I, I, I don't, uh, I can be very firm, but I like to be civil. But that doesn't mean that you don't have these uh, events. You can read, it's in the book and you can, you can see it. But I think that uh, I've been fortunate to uh, have as my guide some great leaders who are no longer with us. Uh, and perhaps the most, uh, one of them is my own father, who was a great historian of the Jewish people. Uh, and I've also uh, guided by my uh, older brother who fell while leading the, perhaps the most daring rescue operation uh, of hostages in uh, modern times, the historic raid on Entebbe, where Israeli forces uh, rescued in the heart of Africa, uh, 103 Jewish hostages from uh, German and, uh, and Palestinian terrorists. Uh, and that certainly inspired me. But if I, if you ask me who are the two leaders in modern times who inspired me most, well, everybody says Churchill. I'm a big Churchill fan. But uh, but really the one that inspired me most was uh, our modern Moses, the man who, like Moses, uh, opened the gates, opened the idea of a Jewish state for uh, the Jewish people, it was Theodore Herzl, who um, 120-some years ago uh, envisioned the Jewish state when people thought he was mad. And he said that the Jewish people have to come out of bondage. The modern Egypt was Europe that was going to be overtaken by the forces of anti-Semitism, Nazism. He saw that in his mind's eye. And he said, there's only one solution. We have to create a Jewish state as a safe haven for millions of Jews. Well. Um, Herzl died too early. He died when he was 44 in 1904. And so the Holocaust that he predicted would happen did happen. But somehow we had created enough of a bridgehead in our ancestral homeland to be able to take in the, the remnants after this horrible uh, mass murder and created what is now ranked as the eighth most powerful state uh, in the world. Uh, and we're one-tenth of one percent of the world's population. And yet, uh, the University of Pen Pennsylvania annually surveys uh, 17,000 people, uh, opinion leaders in 20 countries, and they consistently rank tiny Israel as the eighth most powerful country in the world. Now that, you know, you can explain that. You can explain that with a lot of things, our ingenuity, our, our, our uh, uh, you know, our innovations, our incredibly courageous army. Uh, but I think it's it goes deeper than that. I think it's our our faith, our confidence that we are uh, realizing the dream of ages, and that we're bonded by this uh, uh, by the rebirth, this miraculous rebirth of the Jewish state, uh, and that we're not going to let anyone, not least these ayatollahs, to uh, to bring this to an end. They may come to an end. We won't. <laughs> Amazing. And I love the piece of data that you brought in that we are one of the most powerful because I think coupled with the other uh, statistic that I love that we're also one of the happiest people is a real key to everything that you've been saying about when you're deeply rooted in faith and values and survival and both having that human connection, that brotherhood, that mishpacha, as you reference, uh, but also being very uh, uh not losing sight of the larger picture that we are fighting for our survival every day. It leads to a life of purpose. So both we're powerful and influential and we're also happy people. So I think that together is what inspired me to make Aliyah uh, 16 years ago. So amazing. You referenced one of 
In your book, every all the different dmuyot, uh, all the different hats that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu wears came out in many different ways. And one of them that I loved, what you referenced, was uh, to your father, just being a son in admiration of his father. What do you think your father, what advice do you think your father would tell you if he was alive today? Well, he gave me a lot of advice, not political advice. We never discussed um, concrete politics, ever. Mm. It wasn't as if uh, I'd said, well, you know, I have to build a coalition, which I do now, uh, right now as we speak, took a break from that. Uh, what political moves, none of that. But he did speak of history. And uh, uh, I once asked him, uh, well, you know, I told him I, I intend to run for prime minister. And uh, so I asked him, because he was a great historian of the Jewish people and a great historian, period. I asked him, well, what do you think, uh, Father, is the most important quality that a prime minister of Israel should have. And he asked me, well, what do you think? And I said, you have to have a clear vision of what you want to achieve for the country. And you have to have both the uh, resoluteness to pursue it, but also the flexibility to navigate through the uh, shoals and rapids of political life. And he said, well, that's true of uh, any, any leader. If you're a, uh, a dean of a university, or if you're a head of a company, or even a military leader, They'd give the same answer. And so uh, I said, so so what is it that you think is important? Uh, I asked him. And he answered with one word that initially stunned me because I thought, well, you know, that's what he said. He said, what you have to have is a broad and deep education. And when he said that, he meant that uh, you not only have to be grounded in economic affairs or military affairs, but you really need to have three things that you have to know. It's history, history, and history. Because if you don't understand how we got here, uh, you're not going to understand how we go forward. But in our case, history, history, history begins with three words, Bible, Bible, Bible. Because there's no meaning to the Jewish people without the Bible. There's no meaning to our future without our past. And I, I think that's what my father instilled in me and in my older brother and my younger brother, for that matter, too. Uh, it is the uh, the Jewish heritage, the heritage of the Bible that informs everything that we're doing today in the modern world. We're in Theodore Herzl, our modern Moses, wrote a book which uh, he called Old New Land. We're an old land, we're an ancient people, thousands of years old, and yet we seize the future. And it's the combination, it's the roots and the branches that make Israel so unique and such a, an inspiring model for millions and millions of people around the world. Amazing. As I mentioned earlier in the introduction, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews has had the incredible honor and privilege of working with the Israeli government on behalf of the Jewish people. And we're so proud that we were able to help over 2.1 million people last year alone, raising over $250 million globally from over 670,000 donors, most of whom are Christian. Can you tell us how you would describe the impact of the fellowship on Israel and the Jewish people and the importance of this strategic partner of Christian Friends? Well, I, I think all help is welcomed and deeply appreciated, uh, and uh, and I value that enormously. But I value it even more as an expression of solidarity. And many of the Christian supporters of Israel probably don't know how far back uh, Christian Zionism and evangelical Zionism uh, actually preceded modern Jewish Zionism. I mean, it's instructive that when Herzl uh, 
this visionary who uh, who wrote this other his seminal book, which was a very short volume called The Jewish State, it's 100 pages. And he wrote it uh, in uh, 1896. And he said, that's the only solution for the Jewish people is to have, to go back to their ancestral home and build their own state. Uh, when he when he wrote that, uh, people thought he was mad. but And he died eight years later. That's all, eight years later. But he started a tremendous movement. That movement was supported by... Um, Evangelical Christians, believing Christians who were already uh, were already there for centuries, who were there, especially in the 19th century, especially but not exclusively in the United States. Actually, the United States and Britain. Our modern Moses Theodore Herzl died at the age of 44, uh, having launched the Jewish National Movement a mere eight years earlier. Uh, he was supported by Christian believers from around the world. The only person that his family allowed to come in effectively to his deathbed, was a Christian minister. It was that strong a bond. So Christian Zionism preceded Jewish Zionism. And uh, in the course of the birth of Israel, the rise of Israel, and modern Israel, we have not had better friends than our Christian friends around the world. And they are a powerful force in America, uh, in uh, Europe, in Brazil, in Africa, uh, in Korea and and elsewhere, I mean, it's a it's a tremendous partnership which I deeply deeply value. Amazing. We actually have our senior staff in Korea right now, where we have offices, and to see the Christian support for Israel and the knowledge that Christian support for Israel isn't a given. That we have a lot of investment in next generation in order to continue to engage and inspire them to continue to see this love and support and commitment to standing with Israel and the Jewish people, just like they have, like you pointed out, Mr. Prime Minister, even before the Jewish Zionists with Herzl and at the first Congress. Of course, there were ten Christian Zionists there. Um, so I'm wondering, do you have any advice as the leader of Israel, the visionary and someone who deeply understands both Israel, the Jewish people, and also our Christian friends and allies, how we can engage the next generation of Christians to have them be as inspired and passionate about standing shoulder to shoulder with their Jewish brothers and sisters as their parents and grandparents? Well, I think the best thing is to get them to come here because once they come here, they I think they're they're astounded because all the places they read uh, in in the Old Testament in the Gospels, I mean, it's real places. They're here. It all happened here. I'm, I'm you know, I'm about a kilometer away, less than a mile away, maybe, from the uh, Temple Mount uh, where uh, Jesus turned the money tables of the the tables of the uh, money changers, uh, the uh, 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 Nazareth. Uh, and Bethlehem are right here. These are real places. The Sea of Galilee, uh, real places. And, and when they come here and they see where Christianity uh, originated from, the common uh, roots with Judaism, a bond, that bond is strengthened. So number one, if you can come here and walk in the footsteps of Jesus, that is no small experience if you're a Christian. And quite apart from anything, just take part. Take part in uh, in uh, communal organizations and uh, and the churches uh, and the congregations that uh, of uh, Christian believers who um, are exposed to uh, Israeli to Israel, Israeli visitors, and I hope also to this broadcast. And and one other way to read my book, you'll see a lot of references to uh, highly recommended uh, to Christian communities. I, I always say that you know uh, 
I think my Christian friends are, oh, they're astounded when they come here. And they're also quite surprised when I, uh, I think they're familiar with the Old Testament, the uh, the Hebrew Bible, but they're surprised that I'm familiar with uh, with the Christian Bible. I mean, right. with the story of uh, Jesus and the, and the Gospels and the, uh, you know, the whole thing. I mean, for me, it's, uh, I like to send them to places where they actually walk in the footsteps of Jesus in places that are categorical, that he was there. There's no question about it. <laughs> we, know, we know that for a fact. So it's just coming here and discovering this old new land that has so many uh, common roots with, uh, uh, with the people in America and elsewhere around the world. I think that is, uh, that's the best connection that I could offer. Incredible. So we're getting towards the end. I want to ask one more question before we ask the final question. Um, I know that because of your deep appreciation for the Christian community, next year the fellowship is celebrating 40 years since my father, Rabbi Chilex, you know, bless memory, started the fellowship. Can you share with me one memory? I know you've stood with him since he started the fellowship and really recognizing and appreciating this friendship and this fellowship that he created. Could you share one memory that you have with my father? Well, I remember when he told me what his plans were. He was a real visionary. And I, I respect visionaries. I've lived among them and uh, I propel my own vision. But he said with great confidence, you know, we can expand this partnership and get practical aid when Israel needed it most. Uh, and he said, you know, this will be a worldwide movement. And I remember that I thought, here's a man of vision. Here's a man infused by purpose. And he proved it. Uh, and uh, you're proving it. And the people who are listening to us are proving it. But I was, I, was, I was inspired by this vision. And it turned out to be, you know, if you have a vision, you'll realize it. If you don't have a vision, you'll do nothing. If you want, uh, if you want to live a life of purpose, which I think many in your audience do, and perhaps all of them do, then seek a purpose outside yourself. Seek something bigger than yourself. And that, that will uh, enrich your life in ways that are unimaginable. Yeah, and I think your your book uh, really gives people the tools, inspiration, and practical know-how of how they can do that as well by just learning from your life and experience. There is so much more that we can talk about, but we do realize that your time is limited. So before you go, I would like to end with a question that I ask all of my guests, and that is, if you can share with us a scripture that's your go-to verse for encouragement and inspiration. Well, uh... You know, the, the, uh, I end my book with uh, a phrase from, uh, uh, from Samuel 2. I think it's in the book, second book of Samuel, that says, uh, I'll, I'll try to translate it. I think it's a bad translation, but I'll do my best from the original Hebrew. It's that is the, um, the eternity of Israel shall not falter, which means that the people of Israel live despite the Holocaust, the pogroms, the exile, the displacements, the... The, the, the horrible, the horrors that were directed against our people, uh, the ancient prophecies materialized. They came back to our land, reestablished our, our, our one and only Jewish state, uh, turned it into uh, an amazing dream realized. Uh, and uh, it tells me that, um, that that sentence, that phrase in Samuel was right. It didn't falter. Thank you. Beautiful. 
Thank you so much, Mr. Prime Minister, for your time. For our listeners, you can find Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's book, BB My Story, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And I know that I speak for all of my audience and all of us at the Fellowship in wishing you the very best and lots of success in all of your endeavors. Thank you. And thank you to all my friends, all our Christian friends around the world. Come to Israel. I'd love to see you. If I can, thank you so much. I'll see each and every one of you. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I'm seeing you now. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. Good luck. Thank you for listening to the Conversations with Yael podcast. If you like what you have heard, please check out my weekly podcast, Nourish Your Biblical Roots, that explores the Jewish roots of the Christian faith with inspirational and ancient teachings. You can also visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. Follow me on Instagram at Yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at Yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next month.